Japan's growing plight is a warning to the rest of the world, largely because it's coming from the rest of the world. Now, the Bank of Japan is still trying to sell inflation risks that, quite frankly, have all but disappeared recently. And the reason they've all but disappeared is globally synchronized recession, as even the Bank of Japan partly admits. Now, what they don't admit is that everything central banks do is just utter crap. It's all smoke and mirrors, including the need for rate hikes, which Japan also proves beyond any doubt aren't necessary. The cure for high prices is high prices. And now Japan is having to pay for them, like a lot of places around the rest of the world, with its recession. But Japanese officials, they don't want you to believe your lying eyes. They're saying, pay no attention to that deep recession last year. We're looking forward to a mythical soft landing that's going to be driven by a magical increase in pent-up demand that becomes actual spending. So while external problems continue to plague the Japanese economy, Japanese consumers, without any evidence, are supposed to come riding to the rescue. That's where the inflation risk supposedly still comes from, and that's what's driving the Bank of Japan toward a rate hike that the marketplace and any rational observer would say there's no legitimate economic basis for it. But again, central banks are all smoke and mirrors, especially in the face of a globally synchronized recession like we're seeing here. Back in January at the BOJ policy meeting where the Bank of Japan officials somewhat disappointed people by not raising rates. And they said, well, these inflation risks that we keep seeing get, keep getting pushed further and further into the future. Their outlook said this, Japan's economy is likely to continue recovering moderately for the time being. Sorry, you just have to laugh given the, the, the recent statistics, especially GDP. Supported by factors such as, here's a big one, the materialization of pent-up demand. Although it is expected to be under downward pressure stemming from a slowdown in the pace of recovery in overseas economies. Now, they attribute that, of course, to other central banks' rate hikes, but forget that. What they're saying is, yeah, we see the problem around the rest of the world, in particular in Asia, and that is going to have a negative impact on Japan. And as it's having a negative impact on Japan, it's also going to be having a negative impact on everyone else. Japanese weakness is a reflection of global problems, not just specifically about those in Japan. And what the Japanese are saying, like the Chinese last year with reopening, is that Suddenly, pent-up demand from consumers is going to push the economy, if not into full recovery, maybe even beyond recovery, into something like an inflationary situation, or in the language of central bankers, keep it above its potential. Therefore, they continue, as a virtuous cycle from income to spending gradually intensifies, Japan's economy is projected to continue growing at a pace above its potential growth rate. There's their inflation risk. And it's all based on this assumption that Japanese consumers are going to come flying into stores and start spending in a way they haven't in generations. Now, of course, there's no evidence for this. This is simply an assumption that the Bank of Japan is making based on the fact that Japanese spending has been relatively weak, but not just for the last couple of years. Japanese spending has been weak for decades. This, this idea that pent-up demand is going to continue to push Japan's economy forward is based on what? 
It seems almost as if the Bank of Japan is essentially trying to come up with a justification to hike rates as if rate hiking is only political. It certainly has nothing to do with consumer prices because consumer prices are uncorrelated with anything the Bank of Japan has done or will do, and that's not just about the Japanese, as we'll see moving forward here. The Japanese are simply the best example of how central banks don't really matter. Continuing here, though, again, our focus is not just on Japan's consumer prices, but what those consumer price pressures actually mean, in this case, moving in the, on the down direction. Concerning risk to the outlook, there are extremely high uncertainties surrounding Japan's economic activity and prices, including, again, developments in overseas economic activity and prices, developments in commodity prices, which are actually going in the other direction, and domestic firms' wage and price-setting behavior, which with that we'll get into in just a minute. Under these circumstances, it is necessary to pay due attention to developments in financial and foreign exchange markets and their impact on Japan's economic activity and prices. Because while the lower yen has a negative impact in terms of rising prices, it also is a reflection of weakness in overseas economies. The two things tend to cancel each other out. Whereas at least in Japan, while they look for financial indications to tell them what they're looking for, maybe restarted inflation pressures, what they're really saying is we're looking for clues that overseas weakness is intensifying, therefore expecting that to happen in Japan too. And remember, Japan ended last year, like a lot of places around the world, a growing list actually, we just added Finland to that list, they ended last year in a technical recession that was not a technical recession. It is a legitimate recession and one that is globally synchronized, increasingly globally synchronized. But as far as consumer prices go, the Japanese expecting this pent-up demand, this wave of spending to hit the local economy, therefore, as consumer price numbers, as we'll see in just a moment, continue to decline, they're going to suddenly turn around and stabilize right magically at the, at the Bank of Japan's target rate, which would be the first time ever. The year-on-year -year rate of increase in the consumer price index, the CPI, all items less fresh food, is likely to be above 2% through fiscal 2024 due to factors such as the effects, albeit waning, of a pass-through to consumer prices of cost increases led by the past rise in import prices and a waning of the effects of the government's economic measures pushing down CPI inflation of the previous year. And again, there's no, there's no evidence that's going to be an issue either. Now, the Japanese government, going back to January 2022, instituted a fuel, fuel price subsidy where essentially they're paying wholesalers and refiners to lower the price that they pass along to consumers so that the huge increases in energy prices, which are even worse in Japan, were not fully passed along to consumers. And while that was supposed to, it was supposed to be a short-run program, it has been extended six times, including late last year, to the point where this fuel subsidy is going to continue on through at least the end of April now. But it doesn't matter. When you look at the CPI numbers from the Japanese economy, what's clear is that none of these things are happening. In fact, consumer price numbers are moving down already to the Bank of Japan's target and threatening to go below it because we see 
increasing and solid disinflation in Japan at the same time we've seen the same thing develop around the rest of the world. Again, globally synchronized signals. Japan just last night reported its CPI for the month of January. And what you, again, the last couple of months, so January, December, and November last year, what you see is two negatives and a small positive. And it's even more disinflationary and more clearly disinflationary in that core rate. Again, the Bank of Japan uses the CPI less fresh food index as its target or its definition of price stability. And that one has been zero for three consecutive months, three months in a row, 0% increase. Now there was a seven tenths of a percent increase in October, but September was also zero. So this target rate for the Bank of Japan, four of the last five months have seen zero average price increase. So that's an extended period of disinflation. And again, at the same time, we see the same thing around much of the rest of the developed world too. And because of that three zeros in a row, the core year-over-year -year rate is now actually at 2.0%. It is at the Bank of Japan's target in January. And unless there is some big increase in the core prices over the next couple of months, by April, it will be 1.5% year-over-year, falling below the target rate yet again, which is a consistent problem with the Japanese. But this isn't just about food or energy prices, and it certainly isn't just about the government's, our, uh, government's attempt to hold down gasoline and energy. You look at the CPI excluding fresh food and energy, what you see is, again, thorough disinflation in all the rest of the CPI bucket. You've got minus 0.1% month over month in January, which is the first negative in this part of the CPI since January of 2022. So two years of this supply shock consumer price acceleration and increase has now become a consumer price deceleration and now a decrease in January. And it goes back several months too. There was no increase in the index in December, only one-tenth of a percent increase in November, disinflation throughout the Japanese economy, consistent with recession and no rate hikes, not a single rate hike from the Bank of Japan. Remember, their case for inflation risk, therefore the need for rate hikes, or at least what they say are the need for rate hikes, is all about this pent up demand. When all the economic statistics from Japan of late have shown recession, and deepening recession, especially where it comes to households and consumers. I've talked about this just recently. Japanese household incomes are an utter mess and disaster. And with that utter mess and disaster, household spending has actually held up relatively well, but is still decreasing. And with incomes being a disaster, what are the chances that household spending is gonna suddenly surge in 2024? According to just the GDP figures, household consumption has been negative for three quarters running. And now the Bank of Japan says, well, that's going to suddenly increase out of nowhere in 2024. And it's not just that. More and more indications beyond GDP, the technical recession, the really bad recession at the end of last year. We also got PMIs just, just recently, the Japanese PMI, manufacturing PMI falling to a cycle low, which is reflecting exactly what the Bank of Japan was saying in terms of economic risk from around the rest of the world. 
Services PMI unexpectedly stumbled in February. The composite PMI was barely above 50, suggesting that conditions in Japan are not accelerating. They're still experiencing the problems from external global trade recession and global synchronized recession. And without the increase in household spending, it's only going to continue. Business investment, negative for three quarters in a row. And even imports and exports. You see the confirmation of Japan still gripped by the global trade recession. There is absolutely no legitimate economic case for rate hikes. It's all predicated on some future mythical pent-up demand soft landing scenario actually taking place. When we've seen the same type of assumptions fail time and time again. Remember, not just China. Last year, Europe. Europe was going to, was going to ride a wave of optimism and economic activity, the disinflation rebound was going to pull the European economy out of its downturn and set it on the path to moderate expansion and recovery in the second half of last year. That didn't work. Europe's economy instead had a very small rebound in the middle part of the year and then suffered like Japan, maybe not a technical recession, but it is an accelerating decline in the second half of 2023. So the economic case for the rate hikes in Japan just aren't there. And the Japanese government bond market knows it. Not only knows it, it is pricing it. This is one reason why we watch JTBs, because even though popular imaginations holds that the Bank of Japan, uh, because they own so many JGBs, there's no fundamental information in JGB yields, when there's absolutely there absolutely is. Long-term JGB yields have been lower since last fall. They participated in the bond rally, again, globally synchronized. We watch these things because they confirm these globally synchronized factors. And since the last, even this year, well, as, as rates have backed up around the world and as threats of a rate hike from the Bank of Japan continue to continue to be whispered in the media for obvious uh, intentional reasons, despite all that, JGB yields, they've been, long-term yields have been hanging in and lately, They've been moving lower again, modestly lower because of the economic prospects in the Japanese economy. At the same time, however, the short end of the JGB curve, especially the one-year JGB, which just hit its, not only did it turn positive, it just hit its highest positive yield since October of 2014. So almost a decade on expectations that the Bank of Japan will indeed at some point end up raising rates. So you look at the JGB curve, the long end of the curve says, like the rest of the rest of the marketplace around the world, that's globally synchronized recession, lower growth and inflation expectations. But the short end of the curve says, Bank of Japan is going to raise rates anyway, because none of this matters. It's not about economics. Central banks are all about politics, appearing to do something. And rate hikes, same thing. Japan's economy is in recession. Consumer price pressures are diminishing. They're in disinflation without a single rate hike from the central bank whatsoever. And it's been this way the entire time. Japan, as I said, the best example around the entire world for the irrelevance of these central bank activities. And it goes back to the beginning of the, the price target. Back in January of 2013, the Bank of Japan instituted its current price target. Before then, starting in late in early 2012, the Bank of Japan had set, like the Federal Reserve, a goal for consumer prices to increase around 1% per year. 
In January of 2013, under the shadow of Abinomics and the looming introduction of QQE, they raised that to 2% and upgraded it from a goal to a target. So this is January 2013. And over the period in between then, even though the Bank of Japan continues to state that it will hit this target at its earliest possible moment, it never has. The only times that Japan's consumer prices have increased above or even near the target was back in 2014 when the government instituted a VAT tax increase, which raised the price of a lot of consumer goods. But as soon as the base effects from that wore off in 2015, consumer prices were decelerating all over again because of euro dollar number three, globally synchronized. In fact, by 2016, Japan's CPI, despite the massive amount of QQE up to that point, along with the introduction of negative interest rates, Japan's CPI turned negative in 2016. There is no correlation with central banks. And then Japan's CPI rebounded later in 2016 and 2017 because of globally synchronized growth, or what we call around here, reflation number three. But even then, the consumer price index never really got more than around 1% throughout 2017 into early 2018. But then what happened? Globally synchronized, euro dollar number four, late 2018, consistent with the landmine. Not only were rates falling in Japan and the rest of the world, Japan's economy suffered a recession that had nothing to do with the Bank of Japan either. So by then, by late, by 2019, with the economy in recession, the CPI was back down around zero again. Again, central bank doing exactly the same thing, but it doesn't matter in the real economy. And further proving my point, that the Japanese further proved the entire point, the government of Japan, at least in 2022, it took them several years, finally admitted that there was a recession in 2019. This very same one, the globally synchronized recession that caused Jay Powell and the Federal Reserve to cut rates in 2019, concerned as they were openly admitting about the overseas economies. That's what keeps coming back in all of these situations. References to overseas economies, which is nothing more than globally synchronized. So Japan's CPI not a reflection of rate hikes, because there are no rate hikes, nor is there an economic case for rate hikes, but Japan's CPI continues to dwindle and decline anyway. That doesn't mean prices are falling, the rate of increase is falling. And if Japan's history is something to go by, there might be a situation where prices do fall, though they're never going to reset back to the pre-supply shock period. But that globally synchronized disinflation is a warning. Japan's economic recession is too much like the rest of the world and the risks for the rest of the world. While the Bank of Japan talks about this pent-up demand that's going to magically create a soft landing, it's another lesson in not buying the soft landing scenario. As long as it takes, as stretched out and elongated as these cycles are, can be, and are being in this case, it's still a cycle. Japan shows exactly that, especially with consumer prices and consumer price pressures diminishing as quickly and isn't as synchronized as they are. The cure for high prices is always high prices. And Japan is paying for them with its recession, but Japan is hardly unique. Like Germany, like the UK, and now Finland, which just joined the club too. More and more countries and economies, parts of the global economy have to pay for the supply shock with their own contractions. 
So Japan tells us central banks, they just don't matter in either direction, either trying to create inflation or trying to tame it. Globally synchronized factors, those are what matter. And even the Bank of Japan admitted, if for the wrong reasons, you have to watch the overseas financial and economic indications. They will tell you what the real risks are. And it's not restarted inflation. Speaking of legitimate inflation, I just had an extensive conversation with Lynn Alden and George Gammon, money, inflation, economies, big picture, small picture. That's the video I've got linked below. The rest of that conversation is available to Eurodollar University members and subscribers. And if you are one, I cannot thank you enough. And until next time, take care.